1: Hello, podcasters, and thank you for joining us for the Ogletree Deacons podcast today. My name is Kevin Bland, and I'm a shareholder in our Orange County, California office. I'm here today with Karen Tynan, my partner in crime, no, just my partner, (laughs) and fellow shareholder in Sacramento, California. Today, we have an interesting podcast, a case study in workplace safety our second in this series of The Accidental Podcast. We will be talking about a real workplace safety incident with the names and a few details changed to protect the innocent, of course, <laughs> so that we can explore and learn from these true events. So Karen, tell me what's this case about that you're going to uh, tell us about today?
0: Hey, Kevin, I I was thinking about this, and this is an interesting case with a solar contractor, very big solar contractor, and putting in, you know, those big solar farms that are, you know, all these acres, right? And they usually don't provide you an address, it's a latitude and longitude, (laughs) right? And it was a heat illness case that went to trial. And I think it's interesting because it's got the multi employer worksite element got the heat illness. It's got some trial issues and some issues around witnesses. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about this case, but just so that employers on multi-employer work sites can maybe think about a few of the issues. Also, because it is, is a heat illness case, and we know how aggressive Cal OSHA is on heat illness cases. And I do think there are some lessons in this yeah. case study.
1: Uh, especially, and, you know, if people are listening outside of California. What did we see in the register, <laughs> right? They're getting ready to do a heat illness reg. Right. The, uh, fed OSHA too. So this case, I'm sure it probably presented some difficulties or you wouldn't be wanting to share it. So, <laughs> right. So kind of what, what was the what was some of the difficult factors that you had to deal with uh, in litigating this particular appeal.
0: So whenever you have a big contractor that's working on a project, you can have a lot of employee turnover, right? I think we see it in construction. We see it in our cases for electrical contractors, right? The IBEW guys, the journeyman linemen come out here, work for a few months, then they might go work in Montana, right? Same for construction. They might be at one framer this summer and they're a different framer next summer, right? Or next week. (laughs) Yeah. You were an iron worker. You moved around some, right? I I
1: think when when you had uh, 10 W-2s in 12 months and it wasn't (laughs) because I was getting laid off, it's because I was chasing another dollar or or this job ended and that job began. So you go to work for the company that's starting a job closer to your house or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah. So you get some witness turnover. And I think that that was an important lesson in this case. Um, And I I didn't come into this case right at the inspection. I, I was brought in for the appeal. And I think that the employer at the start of the case didn't realize the difficulties we would face in trying to chase down not only the turnover in employees, but turnover in superintendents, right, from that company and their subcontractors. So we had witness turnover, We had a few other difficulties around documentation, specifically training documentation, and what we had were kind of your typical training sign-ins where it's got the subject at the top, the trainer's name, the date, and then people signing in, and what happened in this case, you know, you just had a bunch of chicken scratch signatures.
1: Yeah. Who are they?
0: <laughs> who are they? Right. We were trying to say that you know these people got trained on heat illness at the start of the job. We had a real tough time proving that and and getting some structure around that argument with the problems in documentation because we com- that combined with the employee turnover. Right. It, yeah. It's difficult.
1: Well, maybe you could just have everybody sign with an X and say that's <laughs> right. That's that's Tom's. X. There you go. <laughs> I'm no. joking. But uh, I, I, real quick, just something you said uh, time wise, because, you know, and this turnover and stuff, how, mm. how long was this case going?
0: It was going for about two and a half years, which is not unusual for us, right? Right. From start, you know, you get the citations issued maybe at the five or six month mark, you get the appeal started, you have a few status conferences, maybe you have a settlement conference. And then you're looking and you're two years down the road.
1: So a fast case from the time that OSHA showed up would be about a year and a half. Yes. If you were actually getting a resolution from whenever the event occurred, huh?
0: Yes. And I think that that's important to understand because in this economy and in various trades, you do get that turnover and people change their cell phone numbers too, right? So you think, oh, well... You know, I can contact Mary Sue that was our training director. Well, maybe, maybe not, right? Right. And so those difficulties combined with when the inspector went out and walked around, we had some people making admissions like, yeah, it sure was hot that day. Yeah, we've had a hard time making sure we have enough water. Kind of very vague admissions, but admissions nonetheless, that when repeated under a hearsay exception, mm-hmm. they just made it sound bad.
1: Right. I was going to say, when I'm thinking admission, you're thinking, yes, I did something wrong. But that isn't the case with Cal OSHA in their notes and, and when they get right. in there, right? Like, what was right. the one example? Uh, it was really hot that day.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, what, what is really hot to someone, right? right. It's an adjective doesn't, right. uh, they, they said, Hey, it was 85 that day and didn't have shade. That'd be different. Right. But right. they just said really hot. Well, it could be 79 is really hot to that person.
0: Right. And, and we're dealing and, with that. Yeah. And the inspector's notes will say uh, employee number two admitted to the, the hot days or right. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Or admits to difficulties obtaining water when yeah. really maybe you said, yeah, you know, it's hard to make sure every day the superintendent gets that case of water, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard, but we get yeah. it done. Right, right, right. Um. So, so we had some vague admissions that I thought I, I really would have preferred we not have. Mm-hmm. The inspector focused on them, and in the end, even with those difficulties, we did have to litigate because. This solar employer, like many other California contractors and big companies, needs to be able to pre-qualify for work.
1: The dreaded pre-qual, the look back.
0: Right. So you say, why does a a solar contractor fight about a $9,000 heat illness citation and when really they should just pay it, move on and keep their project going? Well, okay, repeats, pre-qualification, but... Their big goal was: we need to be pre-qualifying for all of these jobs on the West Coast, not just California, right? And and so we could not have that serious citation on their record. Now, sometimes time will go by, years will go by, and you have a little more flexibility settling. Kevin, you deal a lot with contractors who need to pre-qualify or who have a lot of problems if they have a serious on their record. That was a problem for my client in this case. What do you think of that problem and how we kind of address it or try to manage that issue?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, a big issue. And and I, I'm talking to colleagues like, man, you're litigating over a $5,000 uh, seri- <laughs> penalty I said, No, we're litigating over a $500 million dollar five thousand dollar because right. that's how many contracts are out there that they, they could be right. disqualified with the serious on their record and so yes. people have a hard time getting around that a couple of things just to practice points that i yeah. explained when you've appealed it there isn't just because you've got a serious citation issued doesn't mean it's a finding of fact or conclusion of law right. so always keep that in mind so when you're doing your pre-quals a statement that says hey these are appealed you know on advice of counsel we've related the prevail there's no finding the fact conclusion of law blah. Well, blah and so that gives us some time they usually look back three years some five years but most of them are three three year or five year uh look back so if you burn through three years on the appeal it may not mean as much you might be able to settle right right? so there's some strategy involved in that that uh uh, is different but cal osha sometimes has a hard time getting their head wrapped around the impact of that five that why are they arguing like you said over
0: five thousand dollars right and I look at it if you look at let's say a tree contractor framer whoever if they lose and this is what I'll say to a district manager or my opposing counsel I'll say you know because they'll they'll make that pitch well can't you just take this one serious or why are you fighting about this I'll say this is 125 jobs yeah. out of Sacramento yeah. and 200 jobs out of Riverside are are you really willing to see 300 jobs Good jobs, right? Good pay and solid jobs leave California because you want us to take a serious.
1: On something that there are defenses to and have no merit. Right.
0: Yeah. So, so I like.
1: Are questionable yes. at the very least, where it's a wobbler. I call them wobblers. A yeah, wobbler.
0: Yeah. And so I, I do like that we're talking about in this case study, what were some of the difficulties maybe with the evidence, you know, maybe in pulling a case together But also, I needed to meet that client's business goal. And their business goal was not to have a serious on their record because they were bidding a lot of other big projects. And so for me, that's why I love workplace safety work is I really get to be integral to meeting this business goal and helping them keep their business going.
1: Right, right. Uh, I mean, you have to be a litigator, you have to be a, a trial <laughs> attorney, you have to be a workplace safety professional, right. and you have to be a business consultant. Right. right? Yeah, a lot and, of hats. And a, and a hats. little
0: bit of a therapist sometimes too <laughs> when they yeah. want to cry about something.
1: So that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and a politician. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good call, Kev.
1: Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, when you decided to go to trial because you guys went to trial. In this, yes, right? we did go to trial. So, so, kind of what did you feel like you you had as an edge or an advantage maybe over the division uh on that they weren't either accepting as your advantage or recognizing
0: sure so you know Cal OSHA's posture and the counsel on the other side you know they felt strongly about it because it was a heat illness case and because one of the subcontractors employees had had a heat illness episode and was put in an air-conditioned truck, later returned to work that day. And like sometimes happens, a person will have heat illness, they'll they'll go sit in the shade, drink some water, they'll kind of perk up and they'll go back to work, but then they'll start feeling worse later. And that's right. exactly what happened in this case. At the end of the day, they end up going to the hospital, right? They start really having some symptoms at the end of the day, maybe they go home, that kind of thing. That's what happened here.
1: And it wasn't, they didn't force him to go back to work, right? Nope. They probably said, Hey, why don't you go home and take the rest right. of the day? And he goes, no, I want to go ahead and work. I feel good. Yeah. You know,
0: I am yeah. rec- I just need a few minutes in the yeah. AC. It was a little yeah. hot, but yeah. you know, I'm feeling better. Maybe I drank too much coffee. Now I'm drinking water. Right. Mm-hmm. We had to trial because of the settlement posture. And this is a case where the inspector had retired and we have this in quite a few scenarios, Kevin. And I think this case study lets us talk about that. So this inspector had retired, but he was still around. So he did prepare to testify in the case, which means he read through the case file. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> and so with the inspector retired, I felt like that was an advantage for us because he was not able to be really confident in his testimony. He had to look at his notes a lot. He was unable to really support the serious classification of the violation. And he said in a couple of situations, oh, when I looked at the file yesterday, I remembered X, right? Right. I remembered about the truck. I remembered about the shade. And so he really.
1: Did he remember it or did he just read about it? (laughs) Exactly.
0: So I impeached him quite a bit. And, you know, you balance that with some of the disadvantages I told you about, right? We had employee turnover. So I had had to have another superintendent kind of learn the cases and be able to lay foundation around the documents and say, yes, this is our heat plan. Yes, this is our contract with the subcontractor. On what our expectations were, right, and so at trial, and it was a really a pretty short trial, ah, maybe two days, because it was one heat illness citation, right. I think that our biggest advantage was our ability to cross-examine the inspector aggressively and just help them not meet the classification standard, right. Which was the biggest that's their burden, right? It's their burden, right? And so think about it. This solar contractor, they would have taken a general, right? right. Because it doesn't affect their pre-qualifications. Like their our safety, Series
1: One, right? Would have taken a yeah.
0: Yes. So, so really, the the trial goal, of course, is always to get a citation vacated. But the the alternative is, you know, what if the judge finds a general? If the judge kind of splits the baby, mm-hmm. as we say, we'll live with it. And so we had a lot of great exhibits at trial. And I I, I want to kind of roll into the lessons learned because those advantages uh, and disadvantages that I talked about really gave me some lessons learned and affirmed some things I already knew. Employers just have to work hard to prevent those admissions, Kevin.
1: Yeah, that is a killer, to say the least. And, and. What's interesting is they don't even think when they're saying them right. they're an admission. I mean, not to plug uh, us or uh, I, 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 actually it's a plug for a uh, being right. but to be involved from the time that the case, yes. that inception. So you can help manage and avoid those admissions. Right. You may spend some money on attorney time early on, but it's going to save you a ton in the end,
0: right? right. You might not
1: have even had to go to trial if those weren't in
0: there. It's front loaded. Yeah. Exactly. So the admissions, and I think the the employer in this case did learn from that and did do some superintendent coaching and did do some training on handling OSHA inspections with a little more formality, a little more preparation, a little more kind of seriousness. And, and that was part of their evolution. And then, one exhibit that was very effective at trial and I like to share this is it was very confusing to figure out where everyone was. And we ended up using some if you want that aerial view of your site and you want people to be able to take the Sharpie and mark an X and circle in blue where Kevin was standing and circle where I the might water have been napping,
1: standing, not standing, but that's
0: right. Napping in the truck. <laughs> it's very helpful because don't forget these ALJs, they're not an expert. They, they haven't been learning about this case for two years. And to orient the ALJ so that they can understand the testimony better is something that I really like to do. It was very effective in that case, Kevin. Right. And so I like having those, anything that can kind of lay the groundwork, for further testimony, and I, and I see you, you're um, you've got your hand on your beard and you're thinking.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because this is something that's hard to get your head wrapped around. Sometimes which you're which yes. you're touching on in that, think about you've got to be able to paint a clear picture for a judge that knows nothing about nothing. this case nothing. coming into it, and so that's part of the art and the science yes. uh, to litigating these because you have it. You know, you got to be able to pretend that you're trying to explain to, and I'm not meaning the age based on demeaning the judge, but like your 12-year-old your child when right. you're at home and telling them what happened at work so they understand it and can connect all the dots. And yes. and so it's so important in those visuals.
0: Yeah, I, I like to say to clients that, you know, these judges on a Tuesday, they might have a crane case on a Wednesday. It's about picking strawberries. On Thursday, it's your case, and on Friday, it's... Bloodborne pathogens. Right. And so you've got to orient the judges very quickly and very effectively. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: And then lastly, the last point I wanted to share, and you may have some thoughts about it, Kevin, trials are dynamic. You can prep a witness. You can, you know, think an exhibit's going to be effective, but sometimes a witness will have a little, like, brain burp. And they'll forget or they'll look at an exhibit and they'll say, well, is, is this what I looked at? Is this the code of safe practices I was talking about? There's a lot of pressure and you have to be prepared for those witnesses who just have that little bit of a bump in their testimony. You have to be prepared to help re-question them, reorient them. I just think that's an important point because even when you have run throughs, rehearsals, you, you prepare witnesses, there's just a dynamic nature to these trials that unless you've been through them, you can't understand it.
1: No, absolutely. agree. I, it's very fluid. And, and, and it's funny, I was just uh, doing some witness prep yesterday and that was something I said, you know what, we're going to cover all of the stuff that may come up, but I can almost guarantee you there's gonna be something that comes up we didn't talk about. Don't let it right. worry you. Don't just answer honestly. and And then, if it's you'll something, okay. yeah, you'll be okay. I get a chance to redirect. So okay. if it's something you forget or something, I can't lead you. but yeah, uh, we we'll, we'll we'll be okay. And the other thing that I think people forget and why I think this practice area is a lot harder to litigate than folks recognize is because in civil, you have requests for admissions. You have, 20,000 depositions. You have uh, motions motions and lemonade. You have uh, interrogatories. You have a whole library of answers to questions before it's ever. What do we roll in with? (laughs) The documents and maybe a depot, maybe, uh, Maybe. or two. So you got to develop your cross on the fly as they're going. So you better know your facts well, right, Karen? Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: it's being on your feet and you've got to be able to pivot quickly. It, it's a totally different practice with kind of more like a preliminary hearing, more like a knife fight in a ditch, you know, <laughs> than than something choreographed. Civil trials are very choreographed, right? You rarely get a witness on the stand that you don't know exactly what they're going to say. So good point, Kev.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening to Karen and I as podcast today. Uh, make sure you check out Ogletree.com for blog articles on safety. Uh, our webinar series, we do our other podcasts like this was series two and a series of three, maybe four. Maybe more. Three, maybe more on these real world uh, cases. So thanks for listening. Have a great, safe day.
0: Hey, thanks, everybody.